welcome back to Word Up with Danny Katz. I am your host, Danny Katz. I am an author, journalist, and a quantum languaging coach and consultant. What that means is that I teach people how language programs consciousness, how language programs reality at large, and how to transform reality and evolve our consciousness with language. I've also been known to cultivate and share an opinion or two or 12 about culture and consciousness and how they are evolving, devolving, and being manipulated by the powers that were. Here at Word Up, we are devoted to fostering critical thinking while supporting you in becoming your most authentic, empowered, liberated, realized, amazing version of yourself. Our every show aims to expand your consciousness, raise your frequency, sharpen your critical thinking skills, and make you giggle. (laughs) And think. Given the radical uptick in censorship over the past few years, combined with the complete co-opting slash decimation of my own personal industry, journalism, I started Word Up to have a free speech-friendly platform in which to engage exploratory, solutions-based conversations with visionaries, mystics, original thinkers, and rebel badasses who are helping to make the world more wonderful. The first half of my interviews run between 30 to 90 minutes and are always posted here for free public listening. The second halves are reserved for paid supporters on my Patreon and my Locals platforms, where for as little as $5 a month, you can access all of my second half conversations along with oodles of other bonus content and opportunities to drop in with me, to drop in with our High Vibe tribe, and lots of other awesome things. In addition to interviews, Word Up also features quantum languaging upgrades, planetary service announcements, and propaganda analysis, which I call Spot the Propaganda. Thank you so much for tuning in and for sharing your sacred attention with me and our high vibe tribe of change makers. Be sure to click that subscribe button so you can stay abreast of our every episode. Thank you for also clicking the like button, for sharing far and wide, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As well, if you are gleaning any value whatsoever from these shows, consider supporting me on Locals and or Patreon. And as you are wanting to learn more about my quantum languaging coaching and consulting services or nab copies of my books, find me on dannycats.com as well as on quantumlanguaging.com. Okay, I think that's it for our housekeeping. Buckle up and prepare to enjoy this episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Hello, superstars. Welcome back to another episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. Today I am joined once again by psychedelic facilitator Gina Devani. I had Gina on the show a while back and um, I had her back on this time to talk about something very specific um, in terms of the ways that psychedelics Well, I guess the ways that our psyches can kind of work with the psychedelics to blow smoke up our asses and lend themselves to more spiritual bypassing. Gina's the only one I've heard in the space talking about this, and it's had a truly profound effect 
on my life, on my journey. So I wanted to bring her on to talk about that, as well as, you know, the experience that we both shared at the recent Southwest Funga Fest. Gina was on the psychedelic panel that I facilitated. So we get to kind of um, talk about some things that came up on that panel. So do tune into this conversation. It's a juicy one. Uh, before we dive in, I'm reminding you to click the subscribe button, to like, to share, to comment, to sign up for my newsletter at dannycats.com. I have heard of the social media companies of YouTube, of Google, unsubscribing people from my YouTube channel, from Instagram, et cetera, et cetera. So the best way to stay in touch with me, to keep apprised of my every next podcast, video, course, webinar, book, live event is through my webs, excuse me, through my newsletter, which you can sign up for at dannycats.com as well as quantumlanguaging.com. This show, like all of my podcasts, I would say 99% of them is divided in half. So the first half of today's conversation is free for the public on all of the audio podcast platforms, as well as on locals and YouTube. The second half is available for my paying supporters on both locals and Patreon. So you can pick whichever platform feels most aligned for you as you're wanting access to those second half po podcast conversations. Plus, you do get advance notice of courses, um, live events, special discounts, special content. As well, I just like you guys to be aware if you are at all interested in tuning into the podcast I do with Emily Moyer called Words with Danny and Emily, that is available on our locals words podcast.locals.com it is also available for my ten dollar and up subscribers on both locals and patreon so i just share that so that if you are deciding to support me for the first time you get a full lay of the land and can use that to determine what's most aligned for you um, this podcast is a labor of love i am not sponsored by any companies i'm not monetized on youtube this is a very deliberate choice that i've made so that um, my free speech is not impinged by other people's opinions of what is or is not okay to say so it is your support and your support alone that keeps this podcast running so if you're getting any value of out of this podcast out of any conversation i have had do consider supporting me on patreon locals or both because and and abundance rock okay that does it for housekeeping uh thanks for sticking with me during the the super fun housekeeping part buckle up and prepare to enjoy my conversation with gina devani on the show. Um, I'm happy to have you here. Um, I want to talk today about, well, the inspiration for the show today I'm, I'm going to get into, but I also do want to talk about the psychedelic panel that we both participated in in the second half of the show, if you're open to that. Yeah. Cool. So um, here's specifically why I invited you back on today. It's twofold. So one was, um, I'm guessing you're not following like the kind of RFK junior thing, nope. but there was good, awesome for honoring the sanctity of your imagination. 
um, your attention. But um, Aubrey Marcus had done a show with Charles Eisenstein. And in that show, he was talking about um, that he had a vision during an ayahuasca journey that Robert F. Kennedy Jr. was for sure going to win, but that the, the medicine was telling Aubrey that he had to like put everything he had behind him for this prophecy to come true. And I found it very interesting that in this conversation, there was no questioning that this was like a legit prophecy and, you know, like a divine truth coming through the medicine. And that had me thinking about our last podcast. And in that podcast, you had talked about how the mushrooms can be tricky and that sometimes, you know, and I'm guessing that there are many reasons, but maybe to protect like more traumatized parts, it'll kind of kiss our ass and like blow up our spiritual ego. And I was doing my best to stay focused on our conversation during that podcast. But while you were saying that, I was like, I just felt so exposed and I'm like, that's totally what happened during my 10 gram journey. And I felt really silly about, about that journey, about, you know, my kind of, um, assessment of that journey when, you know, cause many people were like, you know, what was it like doing 10 grams? And I'm like, oh, it was a piece of cake. And it was this and that, I mean, not that it was necessarily a piece of cake. Um, but what I really wanted to talk to you about is how, I see so many people walking the psychedelic path, like kind of blindly believing everything they see in their journeys. And you're the first person I've heard um, offer a different perspective. So this was what I was really excited to talk to you about. Yeah, it's one of my favorite topics. Cool. So awesome. Um, so how are we being, you know, for as many years as I've been doing psychedelics, I haven't heard anyone talk about it like this and like, that maybe they're, they're, I don't want to say fooling us, but like giving us an easier time or stroking our egos. And it's not all that it seems in a journey. Mm -hmm. uh, it's not, it's definitely not. Um, trying to decide where to start. But what I notice is, uh, and this is for myself and with everybody that I work with. And um, I am not usually going to be the one to poke the holes in your journey because there is a certain timing for things. I might ask questions of somebody that I'm working with that could find a way in if there was a crack, right? Um, or maybe you're hosting a podcast and I happen to talk about something and you're like, oh shit, wait, is that me? <laughs> so, so that also, um, and, uh, so it's really interesting actually, because what's happening in our psychedelic journey is the exact same thing that's happening in our conscious waking life. We are, we have parts of us that are doing their darndest to help us feel safe in what they've deemed as an unsafe world. 
And so that's going to look really different for each individual. Like your equation for safety is going to be different from anybody else's. We're like snowflakes, you know, everybody looks different. So um, this can get amplified in a really kind of abstract way in a psychedelic journey. So um, I I think I'm probably going to be quoting myself because it's a phrase that I use a lot uh, is that in a psychedelic journey, um, our parts can show up as angelic light beings or as scary monsters or as a story. Um, And I think that last piece of there being potentially a story uh, might be an addition from our last conversation. So, um, and really what's happening is they're trying to convince us to look over here so that we actually aren't like dealing with our stuff. Because when we're dealing with our stuff, we might find a very young part of us that all these protectors have been working their asses off our entire life to keep hidden away. And so they get really wiggly and activated um, in a psychedelic journey. And when we walk down the sidewalk in waking life, um, they can also be very activated uh, and do their best to keep us from actually being conscious and awake to what's really happening inside of us. I mean, my God, if we were conscious and awake to what's really happening inside of us and around the world, like none of this garbage would be happening. So it's the human condition. And for those who are genuinely called to um, to wake up and seek the truth, I, I think there's there's sort of a different thing that starts happening and 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 going back to aubrey marcus i remember listening to one of his shows where he brought on his friend i think his his is it eric godsey or um i think yeah i'd like to find his name um i think the last name is godsey but I haven't had time to like dive in deep about this guy, but the way that he was speaking was as though, yes. Yeah. Okay. Eric Gatti, um, indicated to me that there's a good potential that he woke up out of the bullshit, the spiritual bullshit that maybe Marcus is still living in and that a lot of people are, um, uh, so, I was curious about him and I still am. And I haven't really like done the deep dive to see like, who is this guy really? But what he was saying, I really uh, resonated with. And I found it really interesting. He was somebody, from what I heard on that show, he was somebody who had who had worked with Marcus in that program that Marcus does or used to do. And now this guy has taken it over. And I thought, hey, that could be good. <laughs> so, um, so very curious, but, you know, some people are really tasked internally to just keep asking and keep looking. Um, I myself was on a, my own journey for since, really since 2000, a little bit before that. Um, but my mom was killed in a car accident in 2000. And just flipped my whole world upside down and started to 
started to activate in me some spiritual connections that I didn't have before um, to kind of otherworldly things. And so that was kind of my entry point into my own spiritual path. And for a long time, many years, increasingly over the years, I thought that I had like a special gift and I was, not that I'm not, not that I don't have special gifts and not that I'm not actually communing with uh otherworldly energies but i thought that was it you know i thought oh this is it i've got this i'm gifted or i'm special in this way and i have um almost like special powers i'm gonna just say it like that because that's really like if i'm really really honest about how i thought about it and would never have said it out loud but I thought that I had, I had thought I had special powers and it was not until I started working with in particular mushrooms, I would say, um, and really kept at it because, um, initially my experience with the mushrooms was this, um, angelic light being nonsense that, um, I had no idea was actually my protector parts trying to keep me from actually finding like the really terrified parts that were living inside of me. No idea. Because of course we don't know what we don't know. Right. Right. And um, yeah, the first few journeys were easy, um, super easy and just like all light and blah, blah, blah. And then something started to shift. And I will say that in my life, I have continued over the many, many years to have this like stated intention to seek the truth. Um, and I'm always, I have another part of me that's like the bullshit meter and the, um, you know, suspicious one, uh, and so even over the years, while I was kind of having these, um, angelic light being experiences, some part of me was like, Hmm, you know, so that was always kind of working in the background yeah. and, and, and it wasn't taking center stage, but it was just like, really, is that, is that all, is that all there is, you know? Right. Um, so so I started having these mushroom journeys that were filled with anxiety, uh, horrible anxiety, uh, uh, could not settle inside of myself. The music, I couldn't handle the music. I couldn't handle the quiet. I, it's just like uh, I could not work with a guide. Um, and how did that manifest that you couldn't? Was it just like resistance or were you in an actual ceremony with a guide and something went awry? Uh, ooh, let's see. I I definitely had instances where something went awry with a guide. And what that looks like for me is that I just shut down. Yep. I completely shut down. I'm like, nothing's happening here. I don't feel safe in this situation. And so I'm not going anywhere. I'm, you know, very controlling part saying, nope, shut it down. So that's what it looks like for me. Uh, so, you know, kind of like in a way, a lot of wasted time and energy, but it was good information 
in the long run. So um, I, over time, just kept at it because sitting in the seat of being a guide myself, I had to. I, I had to. I didn't have a choice I, in my mind. Uh, if I'm going to do this work and hold space for other people, I got to see this thing all the way through. I need to figure out what the deal is with this anxiety. I've got to be okay in the medicine. I, I'm not okay right now. Uh, and what is happening? And so I just kept at it. And it was many, many journeys, like six journeys, I think. Um, where there was this intensified anxiety before something popped through and that's where i started to gain the awareness that we're talking about here now um i just kept at it until i grokked it you know and what happened to allow you to pop through like did you have a different intention or was there something you were actually doing in the journey yeah when the thing that changed was this uh well, let me back up a little bit uh because ultimately what we're doing with all of this kind of work no matter what it looks like is uh and, and nobody talks about this either but um we're actually cultivating self energy like self with a capital s like our true core real self the conscious one that lives inside of us when we have enough self energy cultivated we can start to tip the scales. And until then, we're gonna get snowed left and right. So if we don't have enough self energy uh, online, we won't get ahead. So I, I believe that I had just enough self energy on this one day where something was going super sideways and it was like this, um, I'm a really visual person in uh, in the medicine. And if I, I'm a painter too. And it's just like, if I could paint like even just a tiny fraction of these things, oh my God, I'd be a famous painter, you know, like, wow. So um, I was having one of those experiences where it was just this beautiful and I was getting like swept into it and just like, ah, oh. and then that part that is like, wait a minute spoke up and was like huh and that was it like just just that much just like huh and then the second i started to see through it then it was this rapid fire beautiful inner landscape after beautiful inner inner landscape like oh you don't like that one how about this one how about this one how about this one and and it was so quick and so frenetic that then the part of me that's always been like, oh, one of these days, they're going to lock me up because I'm going to lose it, uh, was like, this is the part of me, the one that was going slideshow. Um, I'm like, that's the one that's going to drive me, you know, to really lose it. And so I I think I was panicking in a way for a solid one or two minutes and going oh no oh no it's oh no you know it's really getting like caught up and so um and then i put um i've done a lot of training in hakomi which is a somatic psychotherapy uh technique and so I, as i would put it i put my hakomi hat on uh and i asked a question i said or i i made a comment to this part that was sending all these pictures i said um i said wow you're so creative 
And she goes, yeah, but don't tell anybody because I'll get in trouble. And that was my first clue about what was really going on inside. And so from that point forward, it every journey is like this, um, where I've got to be able to see through the storyline or but also give it enough space to unfold on its own accord right so you don't want to be like oh that's not anything you know you don't want to do that you don't want to stop your own inner internal process you want to give it a little space before you go hmm (laughs) you know and um and so that is what i do now and that's what i teach other people to do ultimately is to be able to do that for themselves when they're at in a place where they have enough self-energy online inside of a journey, which sometimes people don't ever have self-energy online in the journey, but maybe as they're coming out of the medicine, the self will show up and will come forward and go, hmm, what was that just now? You know, and start to see things a little bit differently. Yeah. Are there techniques that you have that allow the people you work with to have enough self online during a journey? Because even like when you were sharing and you had the wherewithal to say you're so creative, like I'm just thinking of the journey space and how just how much clarity that takes in an otherwise unclear state to be able um, to see that and call that out. Yeah um what i preparation is important um definitely i don't always get a lot of prep time with people because what i notice is a lot of people are coming in and they're like uh you know they think it's a magic pill and they want the fix right now and and i'm like negotiating for prep time with people and then just trusting that we're going to be able to do the work that they're ready for at this time without like preparing like i have prepared for 15 years before i went into the medicine you know really um so so yeah i do some educating on this. So a lot of the way that I speak about parts and everything totally comes from a blend of Hakomi and internal family systems, which are both psychotherapy techniques. Uh, and, um, and they are really like this truest, what I've found to be the truest form of like how we're actually organized in, in our minds, uh, in our bodies. So, Um, I teach people some of that in advance so that if there's just a little hair of self available, they can access some of it. They can access whatever is appropriate for them on that day. Uh, And and I trust that, you know, when we're, I've worked with people who have done a lot of work and would seemingly have access to self inside of the journey. And even with my occasional interventions of asking the higher self to come forward because they're really in a state of, uh, they're they're lost in the journey. Sometimes people can get lost in the journey and, and part of my job is to help them get back oriented um, so that they can break that cycle it's like being in a pain loop you know and you just have to like break it so um so so i i may i have had times where 
there is no getting the self to come forward because because the individual is so blended with their parts and when I say blended, it's just like it sounds, I think, um, where like an, a protective part or an exiled part, which is a really, really scared part, um, kind of consumes the, the rest of us and, and takes over. And so we can be blended and lose, lose our otherwise seemingly rational self to that blending. Um, which can go on for a period of time. Um, but I've seen people be blended for the better part of their journey and only when they're coming out of the medicine can we start to find the self again, um, which is, there's nothing wrong with that. It's good information, you know, it's good information to see like um, how much influence this aspect of them has over them and what they're really working with you know because ultimately like the psychedelic journey is this great opening of like what are we working with in here like what what is going on inside of here because then when we figure out what we're working with we can work with it out here too um conscious awareness yeah um there's so many pieces when this happens like is it the mushrooms themselves that are blocking us from seeing these parts or is it our psyche protecting ourselves in the face of the mushrooms mm -hmm. um the mushrooms threaten our parts mm -hmm. so it's our psyche that's doing the blocking um uh in, in my experience I want to be careful about how I say this because I don't want to I don't want to make it seem like I think certain things can't happen or aren't happening for people but um but working with a plant spirit is tricky when you don't have much self online. And how are you defining self? Mhm. Mm um self is the core part of us that ego can can masquerade as self so i, I want to be careful about that too um so self is that core part of us ha that has complete access to um compassion presence um humility like real honesty inside of ourselves um, drops all kinds all the facades are dropped away any kind of control controlling um, oppression is dropped away uh, and and then when I say like ego can masquerade itself people who who seem like they're really put together um just have a lot of controlling parts in most cases i'm not gonna say oh they don't have any self online but in my experience most of them just have a lot of really adept controlling parts they keep everything under control so that they can't be knocked over and the self cannot be knocked over 
That's a really big statement. I'm just like taking that in because I'm thinking of how many of us, myself included, like can put other people on pedestals because they seem so together. And the, you know, the more I walk this journey, I realize like all wholeness means is accepting warts and all in shadows. It's not like more together. It's just more acceptance and love and less artifice and posturing around it. Mm -hmm. You got it. You got it. And um, in certain spiritual traditions like Shaiva Tantra, um, you know, there's this idea of the goddess wants to experience all aspects, all things that are possible. Um, and so when we are fully online as the self, which is a rare case for humans, really yeah. rare, very rare. Um, some fraction of percentage of humans have this, I'm sure. Um, and I'm making that number up. I'm not coming from like, oh, I've studied this. And, but my experience, <laughs> um, cultivating more self eventually means we can hold, we have more capacity for every aspect of life. We can hold equally with equal, equal value, the most tremendous horrors that exist on this plane um, and the most, the greatest beauty. We can hold them equally. Um, you know, for anybody listening out there, it, it, you know, raise your hand if that's you. So <laughs> it's um, the closer that we get to having uh, a good amount of self online where we're tipping the scales now, you know, and maybe this is a, a heavier weight, the self is a heavier weight most of the time than all the other parts. Uh, the more capacity we have for life and the more highly sensitive we are um and then i'm t i'm speaking of myself like definitely coming from being a legit highly sensitive person uh in that category and mm -hmm. <laughs> right there with you yeah and and what i've noticed is as i've done this work and i have cultivated more self energy I have capacity for life in a way that I've never had before. Um, I've, I'm able to hold more, and which is why I can sit in this seat as a guide because I can work with people and their stuff isn't knocking me over. I think it's, so, I'm not trying to look, I'm just trying to get some air going. Um, oh, yeah. From my experience of you, I, I think that that's what really sets you apart as a guide um, in my experience is your capacity to hold people in their totality and through and it's um, your capacity is extremely rare in my experience very unique um, has had a huge impact on my life so I just I really want to acknowledge you for that because I know that that doesn't that's a lot of work yep yeah a lot of people don't realize that being in the seat of a guide means it should mean it has meant in my case um definitely and in in, in the case of many others uh, but not all guides who i've known uh that you have traversed 
a tremendous amount of territory um, that has taken years, that has cost tens of thousands of dollars or more of your own hard earned money uh, in other ways to pay for all the support to learn all these things um, and and even to prepare to learn it, you know, like in my case, many, many years of preparation before I really found out what was going on there. Um, and yeah, time and energy, devotion, um, trust. And that is not your, it's not your average person. And, um, and so it takes quite a bit to be able to show up and be a safe person for someone else to experience all of themselves in a journey. Uh, and that is, uh, it's a high level service. I mean, really. And it's, yeah, it's because of all the time and energy and the devotion and um, that, all of it. Yeah, I appreciate you saying that because I, I mean, I know people who have been taking psychedelics and can, you know, have been on the path for a really long time and like believe everything they see in their journeys, right? And I'm not quite as diplomatic as you, but I definitely poke of like, we're all blinded by our perspective and our blind spots. Like I, you know, I'm thinking of everyone I know who's done ayahuasca and then all of a sudden is gonna move to the Amazon and open up an ayahuasca school. And it's like, yeah, cause that's what she needs you to do. Cause she doesn't have legs, you know? So the plants want us to do that. But I also, what I look at is the, um, the temptation to beat myself up or to discount my past psychedelic journeys and experiences, but also realizing, you know, cause it was the last one I did where I broke through the bullshit, you know, and realizing that I needed those decades of journeys to be comfortable enough in that liminal space to be able to say, no, I don't wanna see your bullshit. I wanna see what I need to see that's, you know, that's going to be hard and to re really stay diligent and how to have any degree of skillfulness in those realms is going to take a lot of journeys where, you know, maybe I am blinded to what I need to see because I'm still getting comfortable and I'm not ready to see those things. Yep. Yep. So what I always say, I have this whole paradigm shift that I'm like getting on my soapbox on, and that's about spiritual bypassing. Um, and, and it really is that, you know, that's a great idea because your inner parts know what you're ready to look at and what you're not. And when you're ready to look at, you'll find it, you know? Uh, and until then you're, you will get swept into these other areas. Uh, so, so for me in this work, it's, it's a real um, fine line of what I expose people to. Um, and, and they can't hear what they can't hear. Even if I say things that are, you know, my, maybe they weren't ready to hear. I don't have to worry too much about like, um, saying too much because they literally can't 
hear it um, yet. So, so it's, it's fine. It's all fine. (laughs) The, the tricky area is, you know, when we get into these, it's interesting, you know, like non in a sort of a non-dual kind of idea uh, of like nothing is wrong or bad. I mean, that's a, that's a hard one at times because some things look wrong and bad. Uh, So it's (laughs) it's like, how do I be with that? Um, But you know, when we have people who are essentially famous that are out in the world and a lot of people listen to them and subscribe to their guidance and they're talking about things that maybe they have no business talking about. And I think it happens. I'm just like scanning my whole memory of any famous or well-known person like out in the media and pretty much anybody who's in a position of power making decisions. I mean, I, my bullshit meter part is like, they're all full of shit, you know, because I I feel like I can say that with utter confidence because again, maybe the exception of a handful of people uh, that have ever walked the earth Um, because we are all humans and we all have all these different kinds of parts running us, protector parts that can be managing, controlling, um, activated, uh, um, and and these really scared young ones that they're all keeping tucked away. We all have it. We all are operating under this framework. And so the strategies for doing life are all about the parts and all about telling us not to feel feelings, not to feel somatic sensations that are happening in our body that are a no to something. And because we think we have to do something else, we override all of those no's. If we were honest to our no's, um, If we were honest to our nose as as humans, we, we would not be out there demolishing civilizations ever, ever, because our bodies wouldn't let us do it. Our bodies would know better. And, 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 and the, the reality is that we're at this place in evolution right now where this is just where we're at. And we can say, oh, that's wrong and this is better and all this stuff. But this is where we are in our place in evolution we are a reflection of what is and so and we are on a spectrum so um it it's just it's just what's happening so the more of us who can get more self-energy online i mean like this is like the thing we can get more self-energy online by attending to that need for a somatic pause when something 
hard just happened and maybe it doesn't look hard from the outside world but some part of you was like oh okay let's pause there and take note what's trying to get our attention and just be with that you know i mean that's like a first stop on the whole journey is just attuning i was about to say reattuning but i think for most people we lost attunement to what was happening in our bodies such a long time ago um you know not not long after birth what i'm getting a lot of as as you're speaking is um an attunement to pace because if we feel a no like that takes a pattern interrupt instead of keep going and barreling over the no or pretending like we don't know to stop and slow down. And that's what I noticed for myself after my most recent journey, which I feel like was finally a successful journey. It's not to say that the others weren't, but like as far as my intention um, and how I know there's, it, it's an unfinished conversation, right? And I know that I am being invited to go back in, but I also have known like, I haven't been ready and feeling like I got so much. I really wanted to take my time to integrate, to unpack, to see what it's like to relate and engage and do certain things with that knowledge, with that humility, let it set and settle in, you know, and not like kind of just barrel in to the next, to the next, to the next. Um, so I'm noticing myself just moving a lot more slowly and giving myself permission to move more so slowly just to stay attuned to all the parts and to be in a listening of what is authentic for them and what they need. And, and I like about you saying it's all okay, you know, if people aren't ready is to hear certain things or to see certain things what i get from you that i haven't necessarily gotten from a lot of other facilitators and it's not to say they're not doing it you know my exposure is quite limited but it seems like you hold space for an ongoing eternal conversation and you're not rushing anyone you're just like it takes the time it takes and holding that which is a like that's a huge paradigm shift in and of itself for us as Americans to like not need, you know, to get it right away. Right, right. And for that reason, um, it's, it's important increasingly, I think for people who are called to doing medicine work to recognize that for the majority of people, it is not a one and done. It is not a one and done. You are not going in taking a magic pill that's solving all of your problems. It does not work that way, despite what you might have heard from other famous talking heads. Um, so it is, I mean, this is, this is really an interesting thing too. If you're really doing the work, uh, it's hard. And if you go in and it's easy and blissful, well, you're probably either dissociating or just straight up bypassing because you're not ready to see something. But that should be a clue uh, for people who are having easy, blissful experiences. It's like, 
maybe just ask this question question of yourself i wonder what it is that i'm not seeing mm. you know i wonder i and and it's just being in that wonder that we need to from where we are in humanity we need to start cultivating that like just being in a place of wonder oh i wonder you know Thanks so much for tuning in to this latest episode of Word Up with Danny Katz. I am reminding slash thanking you to and for <laughs> clicking that subscribe button, for liking, for sharing, for commenting, and for leaving some kind words as a review as you are authentically inspired. As you are receiving any value from my podcast, as you dig it, as you listen regularly, consider supporting me on Patreon and or Locals, where for as little as $5 a month, you get access to all of my second half podcast interviews, as well as oodles of bonus content. Your support really goes a long way in supporting me as a journalist and an independent content creator navigate her way through a really crunchy time in terms of free speech. And as you are wanting to learn more about my work in the world, my books, my products, my quantum languaging, coaching, and consulting, you can find me at dannycats.com as well as quantumlanguaging.com. And if you're not down with a membership patronage platform and want to send me one-time donation, you can use the Bitcoin link if it actually appears on your podcast listening platform. You could also send me a one-time donation by way of PayPal at dannycats at pm.me or by way of Venmo where my username is Sadie Bloom. Again, your support means the world and makes a massive, massive difference when it comes to continuing to share this work with the world. Thank you for sharing your sacred attention with me. Thank you for remembering that you are omniscopic amazingness and for having a rockin' day. See you next time, superstars.